ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. If we were to change anything that we have done over the last 12 months because we find ourselves in the Ashes series, then the last 12 months would be completely pointless. That is Ben Stokes, the England captain and baseball evangelist on the cusp of a highly anticipated Ashes series. England, they believe they are revolutionising test cricket and Stokes is steadfast. They won't change anything in the face of a team that's fresh off winning the World Test Championship. The Aussies, they're on their own journey. In many ways, these are the nice guy Australians. To win here could vindicate that good guys can finish first. To lose and the calls for hard-nosed cricket will grow deafening. The stakes feel bigger than England versus Australia. This Ashes could shape the path of Test Cricket for both nations. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Corb Middlemass is a broadcaster and host of the Grandstand Cricket Podcast. Corb, let's start with the Basball Zealots. The English cricket team, Ben Stokes, is giving off the vibes of a cult leader. He sounds willing to sacrifice his team at the altar of Basball because he thinks they can save Test Cricket and, as an afterthought, win the Ashes too. Are they high on their own supply or is this thing legit? It's a great question. It feels like one that's going to be answered uh, over the, the next five test match. I, I think we couldn't have a better matchup in the Ashes. I mean, ordinarily, given the mystique and the history and everything that goes into this rivalry, that that's enough to sell what goes on between Australia and England. And yet it's just got a little bit more to it this time around, given the fact that he's the best test team in the world and the Australians, obviously having just won the World Test Championship. Line in then Siraj plays a reverse sweep. And he's caught at backward point. The game is over. They've claimed the prize. And they've claimed the joy of being now officially the number one team in test match cricket. Up against a group that he's trying to revolutionise the way that test cricket is played. And the way that you make that become the dominant style in world cricket is by being the best. So they're going about it in a, in a very different way. Ben's wanted us to be entertainers. He's mentioned trying to be rock stars on the field. So it's more just been about trying to have fun and really relish every opportunity you get to to go and showcase what you're about and put in a put on a show for everyone. I actually find myself sort of cheering for England on different occasions, sort of in, in separate series, obviously, when they're not playing Australia, mainly because I find myself cheering for that style. I would love that to become the dominant way that the game is played in, in 2023. It's exciting. It's sort of can't look away, test cricket. Oh, where's that gone? Where's that gone? I think it's gone all the way, has it? Yeah, it has gone for six. And the Australians have, have obviously always cherished this format of the game, and particularly this current group. And now that they've ascended to world number one, they're finding themselves up against a whole different kind of challenge in what uh, Basball and, and England presents. So if England are saving test cricket, theoretically, that narrative makes Australia the bad guys. We are the evil empire, the stormtroopers against the Jedis. Only thing is, I can't recall an Aussie side being less confrontational. These are the nice guy Aussies, so nice that older statesmen like Alan Border and others have bemoaned a need for tougher, harder cricket. Play with a harder edge too. I mean, we're, we're giving blokes thumbs up when they beat us outside the old stump, you know. <laughs> the, 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 I'm, thinking, well, I'm glad you're here, AP. <laughs> that, that, that is just ridiculous. Does that mean there's a lot at stake for the Aussies? If they can win as the nice guys, maybe that will be the model going forward. Oh, it's a fascinating narrative. I've sort of mentioned this to Ed Cowan on some of the Grandstand Cricket podcasts that we've done. I I would love to have a ticket and wear one of those horrible ties in the second test at Lords and walk around and speak to the members 
and just to get their take on who they think the good guys are and who they think the bad guys are, because of course there'll be a particularly strong leaning to the local team. But I can imagine there'd be a lot of old-timers stacking around Test cricket that'll be sitting back thinking, what on earth is this? This is some sort of white ball version of the game that's infiltrated the beautiful, you know, grander, glorious game of, of Test cricket. By the way, the Australians don't play at a sort of slow, boring pace. I think that's the other thing. They are exceptional with the ball. You know, ordinarily they field well, albeit uh, perhaps not in, in sort of the most recent memory. Uh, and their batting has a fair bit of flair about it too. You know, David Warner has obviously changed the way he's gone about it in recent times, but one of the most aggressive batsmen we've ever seen. Last series when I was here, I was concentrating too much on surviving. My game plan's based on attacking and putting the bowlers off their line of lengths. And I think the way the Brody bowled last time was, was great. I think... You know, for me, looking to be defensive early against him, and rightfully so, he bowled really well. If I'm looking to score and I'm in those positions, I actually can defend better. Travis Head is the ultimate sort of counter-attacking player and is clearly at the apex of his game at the moment in the way that he's going about it. And that is a World Test Championship 100 for Travis Head. Superb innings. He's got there in 106 balls. Sure, against sort of the absolute extreme that England bring, it, it looks a little pedestrian. But I think what we have here are, are two teams that, one, who are the best exponents of Test cricket in the way that it's played currently, and the other team that are wanting to try and you know, bring in a, a very much a, a new style and, and make that the dominant trend in the game. So I think what it is, is for people that are just cricket fans, we're going to be absolutely treated to one hell of a series coming up. Let's get into some of the nitty-gritty of how the fight is won. Overnight, England has gone for the experience and guile of Stuart Broad over the pace of Mark Wood. That sets the scene for Broad versus Warner. It feels ghoulish and death-riding to say that Warner's mm. career's on the line in that matchup, but, geez, it feels like it's kind of the case. It has to be, and particularly the way that these selectors have picked teams in recent times. So they're all about the horses-for-courses type approach. So... Yeah, Usman Khawaja gets recalled because he's just in career best touch and they couldn't they couldn't possibly leave him out. So even though they've got sort of two aging openers, they, he has to play. They pick Bolin at the MCG because oh, he, he knows the ground. He's a specialist in these parts, immediately has success. So two ticks. Bolin's on his way, bowls to Robinson. It's edge of court. Bolin's got six. It's a fairy tale. And then they made a horses for courses error as such over in India by leaving out Travis Head in the first test. He ultimately came back and we know that yeah, the, the general feeling in the cricket community, if you put your finger in the wind, is that head should have stayed. So if the selectors are true to themselves on a horses for courses type approach, how could you possibly roll out David Warner in the first test to, to face up to Stuart Broad? And yet that's what we're going to see if Australia find themselves batting first, it could potentially be, well, the first ball of the test match. I mean, it's, it's mouth-watering stuff, but he had zero answers for Stuart Broad four years ago. Broad, long strides, runs in bowls. Oh, that went away, and they're appealing for a catch, and he's out! Warner fails again, it's naught. Caught behind, I think he's trying to leave that. And I know the competitor that David Warner is, that that'll be absolutely sort of burning inside him to get the opportunity to try and right a wrong here. I said in 2019 that I wouldn't come back here. Um, or Sorry, after the Ashes last time here, I wouldn't come back. Um, but I'm sitting here coming back with some redemption. But it just feels like an enormous mismatch. And the fact that England haven't hesitated at all to roll brought out there straight away with Anderson, their two ageing quicks, and then Ollie Robinson... It's a little different, I think, than how I thought the baseball approach would have been, which would have been express pace. You mentioned Mark Wood, who didn't get picked. There are two other guys in Ollie Stone and Joffre Archer who are unavailable to them. So it's a bit of a different-looking sort of England pace attack than perhaps the one I thought would have played in a, in a baseball sort of concept team against the Australians.
One thing that might help Warner and his teammates is that England has called for, as you sort of touched on, flat, fast wickets to assist mm. with Basball. Does that not kind of tilt things towards Australia's batting lineup, a group that traditionally struggles with the seam and swing of the UK? Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I thought given the fact that the quicks for it, they, they'd lost two of them in, in Stone and, and Archer, I thought we would have had challenging pitches. And the fact that England sort of attack on any surface, that I, I would have thought that they would have been less reliant on the flat wickets than the more traditional players, which you would have thought is what the Australians have. So uh, I agree. Uh, I think the Aussie batters will be pretty happy to see that. Uh, I'm excited. Been training at Beckenham. Uh, if they take that wicket everywhere in the country, I'll be laughing. <laughs> and their bowlers... I'm sure will back themselves in to be able to take 20 wickets, no matter what combination they go with, whether it's um, you know Stark or Hazelwood for that last spot to to partner Boland and Cummins. Nathan Lyon has obviously done it for a, a long period of time and has had success all around the world. So yeah, I think the Aussies will be pretty happy with that, and particularly their you know their world class batters. They've got the top three in the world rankings as it sits at the moment in in Smith, Manus, and and Travis Head. I suppose the more. Uh more runs we get and, and stay in those rankings it probably helps us out in, in, in terms of the team as well. So, um, you know, that's the important thing. Two very talented openers in, in Warner and Kawaja uh, and Cam Green, who's, you know, feels like he's starting to, to come into his best cricket. So that, that's an imposing batting unit and I think they'll be pretty happy to see sort of a straw-coloured pitch as opposed to some big green monster. England have certainly been on a roll in recent times. There's something irresistible about the way that they play. But if Australia was seeking weakness in that English team, who do you think they might be zeroing in on? It's got to be the spinner, doesn't it? Or or the lack thereof. The fact that uh, Jack Leach is obviously absent through injury and now Mohamed Ali, who had really retired from the long form of the game. He hadn't been playing. And in in recent times, even towards the back end of his Red Bull career, Averaged a heap with the ball and not many with the bat, and yet he's sort of recalled and leapfrogs a whole lot of you know, emerging spinners on the domestic scene to, to get a game. So uh, I think if the Australians are looking for one guy to try and attack, particularly given the troubles that they've had in you know, in recent tours against Broad and Anderson and you know, Ollie Robinson's you know, obviously able to, to move it around and, and causes some problems for the Australian batters, I, I think they'll lick their lips when, when Moen Ali gets the chance to bowl and, and he's clearly going to be the one that, that they'll attack. It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how it plays out. Listeners can catch it all on the ABC Listen app as Jim Maxwell and crew call it all from the UK. Corb, thanks so much for your time. Anytime, Staggy. Headlines. Nick Kyrgios says he contemplated suicide after losing to Rafa Nadal in the second round of Wimbledon in 2019. The Australian has opened up on his mental and emotional demons in a Netflix tennis program, revealing he was so dark that he attended a London psychiatric ward as he sought to come to terms with his struggles. In the AFL, Brisbane veterans Jack Gunston and Daniel Rich have dropped themselves from the team to play Sydney. The pair approached coach Chris Fagan this week to say they don't deserve selection. There's obviously the, the option to go back and play in the reserves, but at their age, I think... The best thing we can do for them to give them the best chance to get back to playing their best footy is to uh, give them a training block. So uh, uh, for the next few weeks, that's what they'll be doing, just building their bodies up, building their fitness up, and uh, hopefully in a few weeks' time, uh, they're feeling really good. Kai Taylor, the 19-year-old son of swimming legend Hayley Lewis, has qualified for the world champs in Japan in dramatic fashion at the Aussie Trials. He initially missed the final of the 200-metre freestyle, but Kyle Chalmers pulled out, gifting him a berth. Taylor flew home from lane eight to win the final and book a place on the plane to Japan. Mum had some real Dean Boxall energy in the stands as she celebrated the win. Great scenes. 
and rugby star Kirtley Beale has pleaded not guilty to sexual assault. He says the allegations against him are false and the truth will come out. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to the BBC, Spark Sport and Fox Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.